Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for joining us today to this episode of Hope Along the Journey, and we're delighted to have you here with us as we share the good news of God's grace and redemption and the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. It's a joy to have with us today here in the studio as we're recording, Marilyn Muir. Marilyn, welcome Thank to you. Hope Along the Journey. Thank you. We're glad that you're here. Now, Marilyn and her husband have been uh, friends of ours for a long time. A long time. <laughs> we go way back, and we're still friends, and Marilyn has gone through an incredible journey, and we're going to be talking about that in just a few moments. She is a wife and mother of four children, and she all which all your kids, great kids, they Absolutely. really are, so talented, great kids, but she's also, drum roll in the background, yes. <laughs> grandmother of 11. 11 wonderful kids. Yeah, to be so young and 11 grandkids. She's been a pastor's wife for 27 years, which you need a medal for that, you know. <laughs> At Purple Heart, maybe something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's worked at God's Bible School just recently. She worked in that college in the music department. But now she's pretty much just keeping the grandkids. Being rough a babysitter. Life. Oh, it's it's, it's so rough, but, it? you know, I can do it. Yeah. With Jesus' help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love every moment. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Well, Marilyn, we're going to get to your story here in a moment, but before we do, I just want to say to those of you that are listening that we would love to have you uh, just take a few moments to leave a review. If you're listening on a podcast venue that allows you to leave a five-star review or a written review, we'd love for you to give some feedback. That helps us along and, and pushes a podcast out further. For those of you that are listening on the podcast or radio, we'd love to get an email from you. So why don't you drop us an email sometime? That email address is hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's just hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. And we'd love to connect with you. Visit our website at www.hopealongthejourney.org and subscribe to our newsletter that we hope to have out within the next couple of days. You can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, various social media venues, and so we would love to connect with you if at all possible. Again, Marilyn, we're glad to have you today here with us, and you. you have a story of God's grace and hope that I believe is a message that our listeners need to hear. So we want to go back a little over a year ago to the month of December. The date was December 20th, 2021. Tell us what took place on that day that changed the whole trajectory of your life. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for years I've had, uh, some chronic aches and pains. And so my husband, wonderful, wonderful spouse that he is, will give me a massage and just help take away some of those aches. And it keeps me from terrible headaches. 
So that was happening every night before we go to bed. It's just a consistent time before we have prayer. And uh, I said, oh, I just feel extra achy Mm -hmm. on my right side. And, you know, pain radiates from one place to another in your body or you hit a muscle somewhere and it's like, oh, it aches down there too. Well, that led to my discovery of a lump on my right breast. And I I just couldn't believe what I was feeling. It's like, where did that come from? And um, he said, you call the doctor immediately tomorrow morning. So as we prayed that night, you know, it's one of those things like, God, this didn't surprise you. Just please help us to know how to go forward and to not be worried about this more than we should. But then something like that just, you know, it's in your head. Absolutely. And the next day I did start taking some measures like, who do I call? How do I even go about this? And I haven't had a mammogram recently. Like, what, what do I do? Well, that next night we prayed together and we just asked God specifically, please don't let us obsess with this. It's five days before Christmas when we found it. We don't want to ruin our family Christmas. Our son was home from uh, where they're doing mission work and our we were all going to be getting together on the new year because we couldn't all be together at Christmas. But it's like, we're just not going to ruin our kids Christmas and we'll just wait till after Christmas. Well, no, let's wait till after New Year's because that's when we're all getting together to celebrate. So January 3rd, um, I made a phone call to my doctor and the very next day I was in his office and he immediately knew what I felt. He felt it and he said to his nurses, I want a diagnostic mammogram, an ultrasound. Um, in two days, I was in the radiology department having that done. And I might go back and say, when we were praying about how we would go forward, it was like, God, please open every door that should be opened. Right. Close every door that needs to be closed. We have no earthly idea how to go forward with this. We're not wise in it. We've never traveled this path. Our family has not traveled this path. Like we don't, we don't know what to do. Right. Please guide us. And, Doors started swinging so fast and so clearly that we just had to step back and we kept saying, it's God. Like we asked him to open doors. Here's a door. Let's go through it. And then the next, you know, my doctor said, here's what I want you to do. And then that radiology, you know, okay, we we need a biopsy. In the very next week, eight days, I was having a biopsy and it then it was a holiday weekend. And so things went a little slower, but in five days, my doctor was calling me again, my primary care physician saying, we've, it's malignant, but he said, there's, there's, it's very curable. I mean, there are some good options you have. I want you to call this number. And if you have any trouble getting in, you call me back and I will intervene. In two days, I was in that surgical oncologist's office amazing the next morning early she had me in liberty county getting or township getting an mri a couple hours later i was into the oncologist's office to whom she referred me it was just like swing 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 there was no it's almost unheard of you know to get it is when you think about because i know you know just trying to get in myself sometimes to see a specialist for something it's like 
there's a month, two months out before you ever can get in. And that's just amazing how God opened all those doors. All the doors. And in less than a month, I had already had like an echocardiogram because they were going to have to monitor my heart. Right. I had, I had in two and a half weeks, I had my whole plan laid out before me. My oncologist said, here's what's going to happen. It's going to go for a year. And in a month, a few weeks, we were supposed to go to Mexico. Our tickets were bought. We're going to see our kids. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. That's going to have to go on hold. Hmm. We were able to get the tickets refunded, but you know, here's this whole plan and what's this look like? And right. In less than a month, I had my port in, and I'm waiting for my um, treatment to begin. Yeah, that's amazing. So this is all happening very quickly. So when do you feel like it really dawned upon you that you were that this that you're going to be facing something that's gonna that this may be life altering and life changing for you? When did that really start settling in? It's hard for me to remember. I wrote down a lot of things. I screenshot a lot of things I was reading, took pictures of other things. But something that stands out in my mind is that two and a half week mark Mm -hmm. where, well, actually when my doctor called me like the week Mm -hmm. in a week and a half and said, it's cancer, Mm -hmm. you know, I had been, I'm not one to just cry about everything and, you know, everything's turned upside down and I'm just going to spill my tears all over you and and complain. You know, I have tend to have a very positive outlook. Things are going to be okay. God's got this. I'm not worried about this. But the moment, you know, my son had just walked in the door. I don't know if he brought some of the grandkids over for me to watch, but he and Daryl were talking. And when my phone rang, it's my doctor and he says, it's malignant. I want you to do So I'm writing down the number, but then, you know, the phone conversation's over and I look up and I say, well, I just heard from my doctor. And right then it's just like meltdown. I yeah. can't talk without crying. It's like, well, where'd this come from? Well, it hit me. Right. You know, right. It, it is what we hoped it wasn't. There was that 50% chance it wasn't going to be, mm-hmm. but it's cancer. And then the next week when, you know, all of these doors have been swinging so fast and I'm into the offices that I need to be in. And it was a fabulous medical team. I just can't praise God enough for the wonderful team he gave me. But we were getting ready to go out the door. Daryl was going with me to my appointment to the oncologist. Mm -hmm. And at that point I'd heard enough stuff and it was sinking in. You know what? They're talking about chemotherapy. This is part of the treatment. Mm -hmm. I said, Daryl, what if the doctor says chemotherapy? I don't want that. He's, and I don't remember his exact words, but basically it was, you know what? What if it is? What if that's what you need? I was like, Daryl, aren't you going to stand up for me? I have always said I'm not going to do chemotherapy. (laughs) He's like, what if it's what you need? And I had no time to stand there and argue. Uh We were going to be late for the appointment if I didn't get going. And I sat in the car. We got down to the street. I sat in the car and I was, I was just crying so much. Mm -hmm. said, but at that, and I was angry in a way Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was so frustrated. It was like, I was at a point, a very important point in my life. I've, I've come to these points many times of surrender. Mm-hmm. Give it to God. Okay, God, I give this to you. I give me to you. Mm-hmm. I give my husband to you. I give my kids to you, my grandkids mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over. I, it's, it's not just a one-time surrender of myself. Right. I've yes. done it many times. Mm-hmm. But right there I realized, I said to Daryl, I, I feel like I have no say. I'm out of control. I have to just say, okay, I, I give up. I'm done. 
whatever you say, whatever the doctor says, that's what has to go. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it something has been changing in me and it's been different. Mm-hmm. It's been, I don't even have any say over the cure for me. Right. I have no say in what's best for me. Mm-hmm. It's at God's mercy. And he has opened these doors. And if he wants me to go through chemotherapy, there must be some purpose. Mm-hmm. But that was... That was life-changing, and I knew something was coming. That's right. (laughs) And, you know, I I think this matter of surrender is very fascinating because, you know, it's kind of like marriage. You you stood at the altar that day and said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, Mm -hmm. till death do us part. And you meant it at that moment (laughs) to the degree and capacity you could mean it. That you understood it. That you understood it. But years later, you understand it at a whole different level, yes. and yet that surrender and commitment has to be deepened yes. and again initiated. And it's that way in our walk with Christ. We can say, Lord, wherever you lead, whatever you want, your will be done. But boy, until you face your own Gethsemane, it's a different story, and you have to surrender, don't you, Marilyn? In a it, deeper yes. level. Not just on spiritual levels, but emotional levels. That was a physical level. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was all, I'd always surrendered whatever, you know, God wanted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he asks us for more than just come where I f- lead you in this mm-hmm. grand and wonderful spiritual realm or surrendering your will to me. And I say, yes, Lord. It's it's comes in physical ways that I never dreamed. Like, I wanted my way. I wanted to be able to say what's best for me physically. I didn't know. Yeah. God knew (laughs) that the doctors knew better than me and that my husband was that stable person to say, but if you need what you don't like, you might need to just live with what you don't like. Yeah. And I think all of us, if we live life long enough, whether it be cancer or whatever it may be, are going to face those situations in life that are number one, they're just so totally out of our control. Yes. And we come to realize that we've got to trust this into the hands of our of God because it is out of our control. Yes. And secondly, God often takes us down courses that personally, if we would could choose, we would not choose that path or that yes. journey. And yet God somehow in his love and wisdom knows what is best for us. And I've known this is not all about me. This is not about me. I I don't, to this day, I still don't know what it's all about, Mm -hmm. but it's not all about me, but it's about me letting him use me in whatever path he wants to take me. Um, I've come across so many, so many people. I've entered a world that I never could have entered Mm -hmm. a professional world where there's doctors, um, nurses, all kinds of staff, nutritionists, you know, I had some pretty bad things happen and get to points where, you know, they're bringing in a nutritionist to try and figure out how do we get this woman to quit losing weight? How do we get her to start eating and drinking? I didn't even want water. I was so nauseous, you know, so you enter this world of people you never could have entered. And then like even operations, I just thought yesterday of a person I hadn't thought about, a, a nurse that came into uh, put an IV in me before surgery. Mm-hmm. And I I found out just a little bit of what she said. You know, I'd, I've asked God, use me, however. I right. want to glorify right. you. Mm-hmm. And from nurse navigators to 
people who just took my vitals before I went in. Mm -hmm. I have not been ashamed to say that I had a strong faith, but it wasn't very long. I said that a couple times and I came home saying, Marilyn, don't you ever do that again. Mm -hmm. You don't just talk about your faith. A lot of people have faith. You have faith in Jesus Christ and don't be ashamed of that name Mm -hmm. and let them know what kind of faith you have. Mm -hmm. So I have been able to talk to people about prayer you know, a nurse that comes in and takes my vitals and she's having a bad day. I can tell just a little irritation. And I, so I ask questions just for conversation and, um, find out she's having a difficult day and say, I'll pray for you. And then the next time I'm in, I can follow up with that. And I have had so many conversations about prayer and God. And I know people know Mm -hmm. that I have a faith in Jesus Christ and that I pray. And I would never have had those opportunities if I had walked a dark path. Yeah, and that is that is great. And you know, I love the conversation we had even before we started, and before we even had prayer, which we all, I always have prayer before I begin these recordings. But you know, you made you made it so evident that this is not about you, and this story is not about you, but this is about Jesus Christ. It is, and you know that to me is such an important shift i don't know that we always understand that i think that we often are very prone to think the story is about us our story our whatever it is that we are facing and yet if i understand scripture and i understand god at all it's somehow our story fits into the great story. Yes. In fact, our story doesn't even have any importance if it's not part of his great story. Yes. And so somehow when we shift it from our story to his story, it really does begin to transform the way we look at what's going on, doesn't it? Yes. And even just coming to talk about this today, I had thought something, you'd made the comment about my story, and I thought, this isn't even my story. It's just about my journey with Jesus on a path that's kind of dark and it's twisting and I have no clue where it's going. Yeah. And I still don't know. And when I left, like I was still supposed to have one more infusion. It would have been mm-hmm. this coming Friday. Yeah. And lo and behold, just it's insurance issues. It didn't happen. And so the last one, they said, oh, this is your last one. You're going to ring a bell. Can your husband come? And all of this stuff. And I left that day pulling my vehicle out of the wonderful parking garage they provide for cancer patients. It's just amazing what they do, the little things that they make it easy for you. But I had tears in my eyes and I was praying aloud as I'm waiting for that garage door to go open so I can leave that saying, okay, this is the last time. I mean, I'm going to be back for more visits. There's follow-ups. There's other things in the future, but this is my last treatment. No, God, this is not the end. Yeah. I I, I don't know what it is, but there's something more. And I knew there was something more. Mm -hmm. And whether it's, to keep my promise, I'm going to be going back to those nurses and in those various departments right, and right. taking goodies because mm-hmm. they loved the goodies I shared. And like, I feel like there's still an open door. I don't know where it's going. You didn't take any of those like ginger snap cookies. I did. Oh, I shared lots of recipes. <laughs> One of my favorite nurses left Christ and went over to another hospital and he took that recipe with him and he wasn't oh, there when great. I rang the bell and they said, if he was here, he'd be cheering you on. And he, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. uh, for those of you that don't know, Marilyn is an excellent Excellent cook. Oh, I've been in her home many times, and as a guest years ago, and um, 
which we won't talk about. Oh. You knew I was going to say this in the no, I didn't. Chocolate tapioca. We went with tapioca. We don't want to talk about that. But anyway, that's an inside joke. But she makes wonderful chocolate pies. And I did make a wonderful chocolate tapioca for you. Yes, you finally. did. Finally, yes, you did. So, well, that is that's great. I want to ask you this. I didn't even prompt you, but so I know Daryl has been the rock, and he's been there. He's he's. But what was this like for Daryl? Did Daryl have any moments where you felt like this was becoming overwhelming, or did God just somehow give him incredible strength through this? I believe God gave him incredible strength because there were times when I could, I was so weak. I was so, like my memory, it, I was on two medicines for nausea and two for diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And taking, you mentioned, you know, having my alarm set, I would have alarm set every few hours for the next pill I was to take, the next half pill I was to take. And before I learned how those pills worked, I I slept for like a whole day, knocked me out. And I had learned, you know, I couldn't do that, but he was steady. And I remember some, some people contacting him and overhearing it or seeing a text for like, Daryl, how are you really? And it's like, thank you, Jesus, for taking care of Daryl, because I, I'm not even with yeah. it enough to think about taking care of him. He's taking care of me. And he, he served me in way. I mean, he always has been a servant, but he came through with, oh, he, he was great. Daryl, I hope you're <laughs> listening to this, because you're getting all kinds of kudos on here, and you're going to owe me at some point. So <laughs> uh, I can't that's say enough good though. about him. Oh, that's great. That is great. And Daryl is a wonderful, wonderful man. He is. And uh, I'm just, but your family, all of them, I can imagine how important that support was for your, with it your was. family. And they would stop by friends. with things when they were permitted because I wasn't allowed to have anybody sick around. And right. at certain points I was so toxic, I didn't want the babies around and working through all that, you know, they did great. They kept touch with with yeah. text messages or calling me or dropping things off at the door. And yeah, they've been amazing. And I had, I felt really, really bad. Sometimes I would just cry and cry and cry because I knew I was just dropping the ball here. I am not being able to help my kids, not being able to watch the grandkids and help them out. And they have to find plan B now because plan A just kind of fell through the yeah. floor, but you know, God knows all those things and he yes, helps he us. <laughs> yeah. And you got the whole COVID mess that was going on yes. and it just was a, it was a really crazy season yes. in life for you. I want to ask you this, cause I see your Bible over here and, and how important was God's word through oh, this? God's word's always important, but you know, promise after promise after promise. And before it ever started, like for years now on my bathroom wall, three different places, I have these little things you can buy to just stick on your wall. It's done all nice art. And another one I framed, but the first one that I had had up in there is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Another one I had framed years ago, Deuteronomy 31, 8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And then I would look at this multiple times in the bathroom was placed strategically. Luke 1, 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And one of my favorite verses that was on a mug and it would come up here and there and a friend gifted me something. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. That's that's awesome. And today I have a a sign on the other wall of the bathroom propped up. God is good all the time. 
those Ooh, are yes. were things that like were reminders of me when I looked and my hair's coming out. And now I have to wear a wig if I want to cover up this basically bald scalp mm-hmm. or I'm taking pictures because I'm someday I'm probably going to want to remember what this looked like or the day when, you know, it's coming out so much. I am done with this and I'm going to shave myself because I'd had a promise that great clips will shave. As long as you're a, a chemo patient, they will give you free shaves. I was like, oh. I give Daryl haircuts to my kids for all these years. I think I know how to use this shaver <laughs> to get rid of this stuff that is going everywhere in my house and in my hats. And, uh, but I took pictures and in all these pictures in my bathroom, I would make sure that these selfies included one of these promises from God's word. That's great. This is an yes. awful thing to look at, but look at this promise. God is with me. Um, yeah. That's awesome. You know, you brought a book along with you. I did. And you told me, because I asked you about it, and you said that just today, to show the providence of God, just today, this book and something from this book just spoke to you so powerfully. It Would did. you share that with us? I will. And I'm going to share who gave me this book. Okay. And maybe I shouldn't say names on here, but we said my husband's name, but there's a friend we have in common that comes to this church, and her name is Kim. Mm-hmm. And Kim Burt sent yes. this book to me, uh, gifted me this during my, she was one of those people who just, you know, text messages me, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you the number of times I've opened this and it has been exactly what I needed on that date. I don't know how, well, it has, it shows me God inspires people to write what they write and somebody to Absolutely. place it where it is. Mm-hmm. But this morning, Daryl and I were drinking coffee. We do this on a date almost daily basis, every morning, you know, we'll sit down together for a little while anyway. But it says for January 30, mighty Jesus, all things are possible with you. You are training me to live by faith, not by sight. So I refuse to be intimidated by the way things look at this moment. And this morning I could have been very intimidated about this, Mm -hmm. but I kept giving it to God and saying, Jesus, it's not about me. It's about you. And then at the end of that, I said, Daryl, listen to this. I know that you continue to do miracles according to your will and purposes. Please train me to align my will with yours and to watch in hope for you to work. I think that's pretty appropriate to for today. To watch in hope for you to work. Yes. That's great. Well, we got just a couple of minutes here, and I wanted to ask this question before we wrap things up. And that is... I think sometimes for those of us who are watching people go through what you are going through, we almost try, we're trying to figure out like, how, how do we help? How do we help? How do, we, how can we encourage what, and you know, you go through periods of times where isolation is required because your immune system is so low and you got to be careful. You don't want to bring something in, but what were things that were helpful or maybe just mention a couple of things that people did that just had that personal touch that really, you, you mentioned the book here. Somebody yes. gave you a book. So what, what were two or three things or maybe two or three ways people could really encourage those who are going through something similar to what you're going through? Some of my friends would text me and say, are you going to be home? I just want to drop something off at your door. Mm-hmm. And it might have been food and it might have been a book and it might have been some kind of little gift. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been the edible fruits, the flowers that are beautiful and you just mm-hmm. eat them up. Um, text messages. And I have learned from being here myself, it has opened my eyes to a whole world of compassion for those who are suffering that we might not think about. I had no clue what somebody 
with a cancer diagnosis felt, what they went through, what they experienced. Mm -hmm. And now I find myself connecting with those people. I hear they have cancer, send them a text, send them a card. Some people would faithfully send me cards. Um, I used to be good about cards. I'm terrible anymore. But sending a card, sending a text message, you don't always want to talk on the phone. And I'm not a person who loves to spend time talking on the phone. But when you can get to a text message, then you respond. And um, so I've had my eyes opened to the pain that other people go through, Mm -hmm. ways they might suffer or struggle. And so I'm more compassionate. And I reach out to them, but it's usually through a text message. Right. And you have a way, again, because you've been there, you've you've gone that path, you understand in ways that I don't understand. It's, it's kind of the same thing with grief and loss. I thought all the funerals I did and all the people I helped through grieving, I understood grief and loss until I lost my dad. Right. And then suddenly I understood grief and loss on a whole different level once yes. I personally had gone through it. Yes. So, well, Marilyn, this has been wonderful hearing your your testimony, and now you're cancer-free at this point? Yeah, at this point, yes. That's great. A year later, and you're looking good, and you got that classy hairdo coming out now. (laughs) It's coming back. (laughs) It's coming back, and that's great. Well, Marilyn, thank you for taking time. Thank you. To be in today's Hope Along the Journey episode. Thank you. And God bless you and Daryl and all that you do for the kingdom. Uh, We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening today to this episode of Hope Along the Journey. And once again, I remind you to look to Jesus, for Jesus is the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he will help you find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.